you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, another preseason is in the books, and the real deal is just days away. It's time to take a look at what we learned, who we liked, and what to watch for in week one. Plus, do you think you have your draft strategy all sorted out? Well, think again, because our Adam Rank has some surprising tips you need to hear before you draft. And get your shovels out, because we're digging deep to find you some fantasy treasure, some booty in those tricky late rounds. NFL Fantasy Live starts right now. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the National Football League. Over there on the end, over there on the end, not over, unless you have a weird accent from somewhere. It is the (laughs) Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, right here. It is the former Oakland Raiders, San Diego State Aztec. Hey, we got college football back, so I will refer to you as San Diego State Aztec, Aztec. standout defensive lineman, Akbar Baja. B. Amila, I saw you guys like giggling over there, like like little boys when I said the booty. I mean, you guys don't know the Pirates booty? Come on, oh, fantasy yeah, booty. My, my, right. kids, my kids love that. Exactly. And I do fantasy too. booty. Come on. <laughs> Remember to sign up for your very own fantasy team today at NFL.com slash fantasy. Still plenty of time to get in the league and draft before the first game this Thursday night. I know I got a draft as late as Tuesday night. I'm sure you do as well. Two on Tuesday, two on Monday, one yeah. on Sunday. Akbar, yeah. you don't have any friends, so I don't think you have any left, do you? No, no. I'm done with all my drafting. This year, I reduced my draft uh, uh, the league that I was in just because I want to beat Adam Rink. So right. I'm oh, down to it. three. Yeah, from six, from six to three. It is uh, time for some, well, we'll call them highlights, just to have some discussion about those preseason games from week four. We start with the Browns there he is. and the Bears. And, of course, that means Johnny football conversation. Under center, that ball was handed That's off. That's the man you need ben to talk Tate? about. Ben Tate looked good in the preseason. Ben Tate looks good at times. Unless he's in street clothes, standing on the sideline because he was injured again. Hey, you can't jump into the stands like that. That's not Lambeau Field. Here we go, Santonio Holmes saying, oh, hey, remember me? I got here uh, a couple weeks ago, and it turns out I still got a little bit so of speed. So, hold on, you're telling me Alshon, Brandon Marshall, and Santonio? Hmm. Hmm. 
third receiver. Who knows? Why didn't the Browns sign him? Or something. Why didn't the Browns sign him? Know. You know, it was interesting that people stayed away from Santonio as long as oh. they did. Maybe there he uh, goes. There he goes. There he goes. Oh, this is the no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Highlight uh, <laughs> that you will see repeatedly from Johnny Football going up against a number of guys that probably won't be on the team. I mean, there's a guy playing defense there that's wearing the number 79. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> now here we go, trying to get the drive. Oh, off. but he's got a little something going to him. Show and me where there was the touchdown. He was uh, six of 17 in this contest. Uh, the Browns get the victory. See it there, 83 yards and a touchdown. David Fails got all the work for the Bears. So Browns, Noah, Josh Gordon. Now that that's official, Johnny Football is certainly going to be the backup. You saw the low completion percentage there. I assume nothing changes really moving forward for these Browns in the draft. Except for the fact that Ben Tate's right now uh, an eighth-round pick based on NFL.com's ADP. I think that's a pretty good bargain. You're right. The health issues, he's not very durable. But at that price for a starting running back, it's pretty yeah. good. And uh, just quickly, you were talking about Santonio Holmes. A lot of people were excited about Marcus Wilson as the third Bears receiver. Looks Zinger. like Santonio is, he'll, is he'll, kind he'll of settling fight, into yeah, that. So if you want to be part of that explosive offense, maybe somebody ought to think about taking late or at least keep an eye on the waiver wire. All right, let's get to our uh, next game. That would be Jacksonville v. Atlanta. The Jaguars going with Blake Bortles as their starter. They still say, no, 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 not going to start week one. Our lane has not changed. But uh, that's a lot. Yeah, you do that. that. Marquise Lee. You do your thing, Marquise. The uh, receiver out of USC who lit the world on fire his freshman season. And uh, a connection, even though the uh, spiral a little loose there, still worked out. And Marquise gets the big score. And we saw a whole lot of uh, Devontae Freeman in this one. Yeah, hey, look, look, he can catch, he can run, he can do it all. I like Devontae Freeman. I think he's going to actually emerge as the top running back for the Atlanta well, Falcons. Steven Jackson, uh, supposedly healthy, and will start in week one for, for the now. Yeah, well, he better be doing injury. this. He better be doing that if he wants to get out there and play. Yeah, so Devontae Freeman, if you decide to make And look at you, you like seeing one. him getting the ball at <laughs> the goal line there. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go, Jaguars and Falcons. Uh, again, I saw a tweet. Somebody asking about drafting Bortles. No, no, no. no, no. A, don't a, get excited by preseason. He's a dynasty league yeah. guy only right, right. Yeah, and he's, he's very exciting, but don't let the preseason fool you. He's not there yet yeah. as and, far as And remember, team. again, Marquise Lee, I love the talent at USC, a high draft pick, but he's going up against threes and fours yes. in, in these games. Exactly. And we're talking and, fantasy. Yeah, here. so we're fantasy again, football. just go ahead. Don't worry about feeling the need to draft him because you're a fight-on Trojan guy. You He'll can be draft there on Cecil the Shorts. You can draft Cecil Shorts there you if go. you're looking for C- somebody. You know what I like to call him? I like to call him CSI3. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Denver, last year, last year. Denver, Dallas. <laughs> Two inside guys. Denver v. Dallas. Oh, look out, Tony Romo. Somebody's gunning for your job. Oh, Whedon? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. How, how about that Denver Broncos defense? You know what? That's a defense to pick up in fantasy, huh? It is. It's. Uh, it won't be these guys that are no, up there playing. No, no, no. But that, uh, that defense, of course, John Fox, a defensive-minded coach. And that Broncos defense has a whole lot of talent. But uh, And that's really kind of where we'll focus when it comes to the Broncos is whether or not this is a defense you can wait on which you probably can until the 13th round, 14th round, whichever you want to pick it in. And when you think about the additions they made, the return of Raheem Moore, uh, it's probably one that's going to get snatched up in the top, I'm going to say probably top five, top six. They're so, right there. You know, I, I, like, I like watching these highlights of the Cowboys defense. What are those, like the threes or fours? But it doesn't matter because the ones are going to have the same problem. <laughs> Consistency, <laughs> Fabs. Yeah. You know, that's what you want from a uh, from The Dallas team. Cowboys, I contend, will be the fra- fantasy-friendliest 
offense and defense yeah. in the National Football Fantasy League. points against you're, every position. You, you, every were talking position. About, you guys are talking about that defense, and that defense, when you add where T.J. Ward, Aqib Tlaib, I yep. mean, that's going to be a powerful defense for yep. fantasy. Well, I mean, not to mention, think about the pressure to Marcus Ware. I mean, the yeah. fact that you got that up front now with Von Miller. I mean, Get you rush the, the pressure, and now you've got cornerbacks like Aqib Tlaib that are ball hawks. You mentioned T.J. Ward. Yeah, points, And points, don't points. overlook Raheem Moore, you know, coming back from that injury on the back end. That's a good set of safeties back there. Um, the one interesting, I guess, wrinkle, if you're thinking about a quarterback and a pass happy division. Derek Carr did have himself a game. Matt Schaub is dealing with uh, an arm issue, and here you see it, four touchdowns. He's dealing with being Matt Schaub. Yeah, so take it for what it's worth uh, against a Seattle team that played nobody that you yep. will see on Thursday. But Derek, <laughs> nobody. Carr, Derek Carr was repeatedly you know, said to have, and well, not just said to have, he's got the strongest arm. I mean, he had the strongest arm in the draft. He has got a hose uh, on that shoulder of his, and he was dealing with a little bit of an injury earlier. So just, I guess, if you're thinking about a bye week quarterback or something, he is a guy that can sling it. Yeah, he was get, definitely slinging it to Michael Rivera, letting, yep. him get, letting him get hot. But for fantasy purposes, you're not drafting Carr. I think Schaub, the way he's going to play out for the Oakland Raiders, you let Schaub come out there and do his thing. I think kind of what we're saying is it's fun to watch. Don't let week four of the preseason influence how you draft in fantasy. You're a smart man, Money. You're a weekend. smart man. So the preseason officially dead. May it rest in peace. But now we are on to the real deal. So let's send it over to Marcus Grant and Adam Rank to get a clearer picture presented by Best Buy. Thank you, Money. Preseason is over. Still plenty of questions to be answered. We're taking a look at depth charts here with my man, Adam Rank. We'll get started in Cincinnati. Bengals.com editor Jeff Hobson says Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard could both be set for 200 carries this season. That's a big number. You buying into that one? We'd have to buy that the Bengals are going to run the ball 400 times. <laughs> that's, so that's, do we really, that's step do one. We, do we really feel that Hugh Jackson's going to do it? Although he did say he wants to take the ball out of Andy Dalton's hands a little bit, but... I don't know. It still remains to be seen. However, we do know that last year the law firm had over 200 touches. And you figure those those numbers are going to go to Jeremy Jeremy Hill now. So I, I buy it. I, I just buy that he's going to just step into that role that the law firm had and be that guy and be that hammer because Giovanni Bernard is not going to carry the ball 300 times. It's just not possible. So I, I, I'm buying it. All right. We saw a lot of him in that fourth preseason game. Another running back battle. We're keeping an eye on this preseason. No Sean Moreno and Lamar Miller. They're battling it out for the starting job, taking their talents to South Beach. Average draft positions just about the same rank. Which one do you want on your team? We're going to go with no Sean Moreno here. It's a very similar situation to what he was in last year in Denver. Everybody wanted Monty Ball to be the guy. Ronnie Hillman was ahead of him at the depth chart. But you know what? When the, when the game started, when it really started to matter, no Sean Moreno was there. And this season for the Dolphins, it might not be in week one. But at some point this year, no Sean Moreno will take that job. He will be the number one running back for the Dolphins. It will not be a committee. It'll be no Sean Moreno's job. And last year, he was one of the most valuable players in fantasy football. The third most valuable running back, him along with Jamal Charles and Zach Stacey. I look for him to do it again because you're getting him late in rounds. I love grabbing no Sean Moreno. That depth chart's going to work out the way we expected. Maybe it just takes a little longer. Than a little we expected bit, yeah. It too. Maurice Jones-Drew listed as the starting running back in Oakland. He'll be. Will he be a true feature back, or are we going to see a platoon with him and Darren McFadden this year? I like MJD a lot this this season. I, I, I like what the Raiders are doing. If they go with Derek Carr, if they just do the right thing. I don't know Bruce Allen. I don't know what's going to take to get you in a Derek Carr today. Put him <laughs> as your starter. Half I know that was cheesy, but have MJD go out and be your guy. He looks a little refreshed. He looks like he could be a solid running back. Darren McFadden is going to be fine in that role where he has 12 touches maybe. Limit his opportunities, but he'll go out and be effective and be a nice change of pace guy. 
MJD still got a little bit of life. This will be his one last chance. I like him. Last hurrah back at home with the home cooking. That was Clear Pitcher presented by Best Buy. When NFL Fantasy Live returns, two men enter, one man leaves. It's not the Thunderdome. We don't need another hero. We need a tight end. It's the player comparison tool. Putting tight ends toe-to-toe -to, -toe to see which one is the best fit for your fantasy team. Coming up next. I'm Matt Forte. Hey, I'm DeMarco Murray. Hello, everyone. I'm Alfred Morris. I'm Eddie Lacy. This is Justin Tucker with the Baltimore Ravens. You should draft me on your fantasy team because I play for the best team in the NFL. Because I'm consistent. I'm going to get you a lot of points. Because I'm going to give you my all. You never know how long I'm going to stay on the board. But at the end of the year, when you win all that money for drafting me, I'm going to send you an invoice to Well, it's time for player comparisons presented by SAP. And today we're chatting tight ends, basically a given that Jimmy Graham is going to be the first tight end off the board. But how should owners approach the position after that? That's what we're getting into. So we'll start with the second and third best tight ends, Julius Thomas or Rob Gronkowski. And uh, gentlemen, Marcus Fabs, Akbar, Adam, I guess I'll uh, get started because I believe I am the only one that has Julius Thomas as the number two ranked tight end. I'm with you. So you're with nope. me. All right, here we go. Uh, you see the comparison here. The uh, games, of course, Gronk with injury. Uh, but the TDs, what jump out at you with Julius Thomas. So I'll get rolling with the old Portland State Viking, former basketball player, following in the footsteps, of course, of Tony Gonzalez and uh, Antonio Gates. And he's only going to get better. I mean, as somebody that has not been playing football for very long, we've seen what happened when old number 80 got out on that field with a deft passer like Peyton Manning. Uh, it equated to a lot of passes that resulted in touchdowns. And a reason why I like Julius even more this year, Eric Decker's gone. What's Eric Decker? Tall, six foot three. What do you need in the red zone? Height. Julius Thomas is six five. He'll end up as the number two producing tight end at the end of this season. Matt Money Smith throwing down with the numbers. With I like that. I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski. And I know it's a risk-reward proposition, but you talk about touchdowns. And all he does is catch touchdowns. He's like the Chris Carter of tight ends. And... <laughs> Listen, I understand the risk there because he's had surgeries at the back and the forearm a lot uh, of risk. and the knee. There's a lot, a of risk, lot of risk, but I think the upside and what he can bring to the table is worth the risk. Remember, if he was healthy, there wouldn't be a question about who the number two tight end is in fantasy. It would be a question of who's the number one. Right. Between Graham and Gronkowski, Thomas would be third there. If the so, if is a finger or a rib, there's such, I mean, right. we're talking back, forearm, leg. That's I am, just such a litany of, of injuries. I am well aware. I'm just yeah. willing to take the risk. You will. Well, it, it, I'm but, willing but to take the risk. The, the risk guy of equal value who's not a big of a risk. I don't risk, think who Julius Thomas is of equal value. Well, he, here's the one thing that makes that value different is that when you get a guy who starts to get injuries like that, that means they start to compile. One it happens to affect another. You get a back it it messes up the hammer. You get the elbow, messes up the shoulder. So Rob Gronkowski is that guy. All right. Well, uh, you can decide. Honestly, if you're going to do it, it's probably going to be early, uh, probably early mid rounds for either of these guys. You're going to have to make that pull that trigger. I've third, seen Gronkowski go. I'm, I'm pulling the, the trigger on Julius. Yeah. I like yeah, that's Julius. That's what I mean. I yeah. think uh, right, oh, either okay. yeah. either tight end. <laughs> you're on our side. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah, get to here. the uh, <laughs> let's get to the next tier. How about Dennis Pitta? Versus Jason Witten. Pitt, of course, in Baltimore. Joe Flacco. Witten has been Mr. Consistent. Not over-the-top production, but you feel good when you slot his name in that tight end position that you are required to play in most standard leagues. So, Marcus, why don't you uh, take one side of this here battle? Uh -oh. well, I'm, I'm going to take the Dennis Pitt side of this one. And you see the game. Obviously, he missed a chunk of the season last year because of an injury. But the moment he stepped on the field, he was immediately productive in that Ravens offense. He and Joe Flacco have a really good rapport together. That's the guy that Flacco looks for in the center of the field. I think he's also going to be helped by having Steve Smith there. I, I know Steve Smith 
Smith's not the guy he used to be, but he can still stretch the field. He can force secondaries to pay attention to him, opening things up across the middle. Plus, with Gary Kubiak there now calling the offense, that is usually a boon for tight ends. We saw what it did for Owen Daniels for all those years in Houston. I think it's going to do a lot to help Dennis Pitta. I worry about Jason Witten. I saw the eight touchdowns. I don't know that he gets that number this year. I think that comes down a little bit. I see a decline coming. All right, who wants to take Jason Witten? Uh, I like Pitta. I've got Pitta in a few of my leagues, but I'm going with Jason Witten. Has there been a more consistent tight end really over the last decade than Jason Witten? He's finished no worse than sixth in fantasy points at that position since 2010, okay? And, hey, Every tight end is inconsistent when you go from week to basis, unless your name is Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski or maybe Julius Thomas. But Witten at the end of the year puts up the numbers. He's got a great rapport with Tony Romo. And the Cowboys' defense stinks out loud this year. They're going to give up a lot of points, which means they're going to throw the ball a lot. It's close. But to me, it's Jason Witten. Yeah, and you know what else you like, Fabs? You saw those four games played by Dennis Pitta, and you saw those 16 games played by Jason Witten, and you like Durability. That, right? you know, I'm Durability. I'm going to side, side ends being healthy one. is a big like, factor. Though. I was like, dude, this is the durability when you just went with Rob Gronkowski? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Rob Gronkowski's ceiling is so much greater than and, and either one of those guys. I, I like Jason Witten because we also share the same birthday, May 6th. Just saying. The teenage girl of NFL <laughs> Fantasy Live, a man that likes to celebrate his birthday 12 months out of the year. All right, let's go to the third tier tight end. If you want to slot these in the third tier, Zach Ertz versus Martellus Bennett, two high-flying offenses with second-year head coaches. You see what Ertz did in his rookie campaign, so take those numbers for what they're worth in Martellus Bennett, his first year in a brand-new offense, trying to get settled in with those other two tall targets, Alshon Jeffrey and uh, and Brandon Marshall. All right, so let's get it started. Uh, Zach Ertz, who's taking Zach? I'll take Zach Ertz. Okay. I really like that offense going forward, and of course, as a rookie, he's going to make that second-year leap and become an even bigger part of it. And while I like Martellus Bennett, you look at Zach Gersh, who's he fighting with for receptions and everything? He's going against Riley Cooper, Jeremy Macklin. Sure. But, you know, you look at Martellus Bennett, and he's going up against Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte, all those guys competing there. So I like Zach Gersh a little bit better. Plus, Matt Forte told me when we were hanging out in Schaumburg uh, yeah, this summer, yeah. okay. eating tortillas, he, he goes, uh, everybody hung out. This summer and worked out, except for Martellus Bennett. How about that? Oh, well, he's always been a different guy, but I do like Zach Ertz as he well. He has always been and, a different and, guy. And the fact that he's had a really productive preseason, but Martellus Bennett seems like the guy. You talked about Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall. So from a schematic standpoint, that makes it more likely that Martellus Bennett is going to be involved in the offense because here's why. The offenses are going to try to go man-to-man on Alshon and Brandon because those two guys have emerged as that top wide receiver. So what does that mean? That means you're going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage with Martellus Bennett. He's 6'6". He's a big body guy. He's going to post those safeties and linebackers up, no doubt about it. Not a speedster, but he's very physical. But look they, right there, Akbar. Faded down. One touchdown it, it, it doesn't matter. When you get into the red That's zone, it. you get into the red zone, he's going to be a guy. Obviously, they're going to still look at their two top wide receivers. And zone coverage. What's going to happen in zone coverage when That's you send Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey down the sink. It's going to be, it's, no, it's Matt going to be, it's going to be the man Martellus all Bennett. Right, right, Bennett right. has had the best season under hey, uh, Martellus. Adam has mentioned Matt Forte 17 times hey, in this segment. I think hang he on. likes Matt Forte. You hang out with Matt Forte and Schomburg, you get excited. Player comparisons are presented by SAP. If you want to compare fantasy players like a pro and make better weekly decisions, check out NFL.com's player comparison tool, again, powered by SAP Technology. Technology, the player comparison tool, computes advanced stats in 
seconds help you decide who to start, who to sit, and much, much more. Seconds, by the way, seconds. not how long we have to listen to Akbar talk about his birthday every day of every week of every month. Whose birthday is it today? Year. Michael Jackson's. Yeah, but if you take today and you divide it by four, you would come up with a number that was Akbar's birthday, and that was back in May. Coming up. <laughs> biggest nightmare, the dreaded bust, but fear not, my fantasy friends, because we're revealing our list of stars with the best chance to bust in 2014. But first, if you've ever wondered how fantasy football got its start, make sure to watch us next week on NFL Network for our three-part series on the origins of fantasy football. This rap was called uh, Gobble, Greater Oakland Professional Pigskin Prediction League. And that's the first draft in the history of fantasy football. I think about it now, and it's just incredible what's occurred. Like I said, it was 12 guys drafting like we were general managers and having no idea what would happen to them. Time for Like Dislike, presented by Corona. Hey, everybody. Adam Rank here, and every week I hit you with my likes and dislikes in sports, TV, movies, so much more, maybe. I'll even gloat about the Angels, but not this week. No, this is an important draft weekend. As a matter of fact, I have my draft in my League of Record looming, so let me hit you with some of my likes and dislikes from the draft. In the first, I like the recent trend of guys like Calvin Johnson and Jimmy Graham going in the first round. You need your first-round pick to be one of the best guys at his position, so don't be afraid to go for a sure thing like Megatron or Graham, two guys who have outdistanced themselves from their peers, especially Graham. He lapped the competition last year, though he basically battled injuries all year long. Make it a sure thing. Not somebody like Trent Richardson, who I had last year. But anyways, next, I like going quarterback early. It's an old-school strategy from way back. I'm an old-school, like, Paul's Boutique on vinyl old-school. See, I won't, leave, I won't leave my draft without one of the big three, Peyton, Breeze, or Rodgers. You take one of those guys in the second round, and you basically guarantee yourself 25 points every week. There's a lot of depth in the position, sure. But the Holy Triumvirate is in a class by themselves and nearly without peers. Seriously, you will be glad you did because, you know, Spent a lot of money on that Pulse Boutique reboot. Anyways, now let's change things up a little bit. And I don't like reaching for a running back for the sake of reaching for a running back. The notion that you have to draft a running back in the first round is antiquated. Like blowing on your copy of Super Tecmo Bowl to get it to work, antiquated. You have maybe four, maybe five running backs you can trust in the first round, and that's it. While it's cool to wax nostalgic about Bo Jackson's epic runs in Super Tecmo Bowl, it's time to join us in 2014. Seriously, ask your parents. Super technical was cool. Anyways, and finally, my last little tip. It's quarterback. I don't like this preseason, and it's RG3. His footwork, his overall mechanics have been in question this entire summer. And you look at the film, you see why. He just has not looked good. He struggled. And now he's being asked to learn a brand new offense. To me, it's a risky pick. If you grab RG3 in your draft, make sure you back him up with somebody like Russell Wilson or Phillip Rivers. And that was Like, Dislike, presented by Corona. And if you have any questions this weekend, well, hit me up via Twitter, at Adam Rank. And now, all this month, we've been going team by team to preview each NFL squad from a fantasy perspective. Today, we wrap up with the AFC South, and we start in Tennessee. Money?
exactly used to talking about the Titans here on NFL Fantasy Live in the post-CJ2K era, but this year there are some dudes you need to know about in Nashville this season. And we'll start with the guys slinging the ball around. Jake Locker did have some decent performances. He had one 300-yard game. He had a two-touchdown rushing game, I think, before the injury. So is Jake Locker a deep sleeper option this season, or do you pluck him off the waiver wire when you need to fill your bye week? He's going to end up being a waiver wire guy because the position is so ridiculously deep. But if you remember last year, there was was a three- or four-week stretch where Jake Locker was awesome, not only on the field, but from a fantasy perspective. He's got good weapons. I love Justin Hunter, Kendall Wright in there, uh, and the young rookie, Bishop Sankey. I think this is someone who could emerge as a QB2 as the season wears on. The big downfall with Jake, unfortunately, is that he just can't stay healthy. Uh, that's right. I, I, he's a plucker. He's a guy that you pluck right off the waiver wire. I, I, I think that Ken Wisenhunt can do some things for, for Jake Locker, but I have him ranked as my 27th yeah. best quarterback. I'm not there yet. Wisenhunt likes to get rid of that ball quick. That's what he's all about. Kendall Wright or uh, Justin Hunter? Keep going there, Akbar. Well, for me, it has to be Kendall Wright. I mean, when you look at Kendall Wright, he is the most talented wide receiver on that uh, Tennessee Titans team. There, there's not even close. Justin Hunter is developing, but when I think about what Ken Wisenhunt's offense did for Keenan Allen, and you look at Kendall Wright, and you look at Keenan Allen, I think he's a far better athlete, and I believe that he will get better, and this is a this is a push for me to say that Kendall Wright is the guy I'm going with over uh, Justin Hunter. Yeah, difference, though. Obviously, Keenan Allen, much taller, much bigger body. But Kendall not Wright, by that much. Small guy. Not no, by that much. Kendall's pretty small. He's, he's, about, he's, got about, two, he's got about he's, two, two, three inches on him. Yeah, so uh, how about it, Marcus? You buying that, or are you going with a wide receiver you, Justin Hunter out of Tennessee? No, I probably would go with Kendall Wright, simply because people don't seem to know who this guy is. I mean, he's kind of falling in drafts. He's going to give you better production than Justin Hunter, and you don't have to spend that much more of a higher draft pick on him. So is, uh, is Justin Hunter a jack? No, he's not. I mean, Ken Wright (laughs) caught everything that's thrown his way. Bishop Sankey, uh, will he finish the year as the Titans' lead running back? Yes, he will. And a lot of people are freaked out about Bishop right now because everyone sees that Sean Green is atop the depth chart. But, guys, Sean Green's 29. He's coming off a knee surgery. He's far past his prime. He's a plotter. Sankey, let him get acclimated to the NFL level of play. And at some point, I think within the first three weeks, he will be the guy there. Maybe not the featured back because Green will see short yardage and goal line. McCluster will see some time in passing downs. But remember last year, Zach Stacy wasn't the starter to open in St. Louis. Week he five. came on and played extremely well. I expect the same thing to happen with Bishop Sankey. Yeah, I think the circumstances are a little bit different, though, between what the Rams did last year and what the Titans are going to do. And I think the reason that Sankey's going to struggle to get on the field is what we talked about at the beginning with Jake Locker. They need to keep him healthy. Sankey has struggled in pass protection. That means he can't be on the field for three downs. Green is the short yardage guy. He's the hammer around the goal line. I see Sankey getting a large number of carries by the end, but I think overall you're going to see Sean Green get the bulk of those touches. Yeah, certainly the one question is is the old, I guess, kind of money plays. They invest a high pick in Sankey. He's going to get the opportunity, but like you said, Marcus, you know, they tried to give it to him in the preseason, and he was just miserable in pass protection, and uh, again, Ken Wisenhunt likes to sling that ball around. He likes to get it out quick. We will see. Going to be interesting to follow. Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, anyone can string a few good picks together, but it takes a true fantasy genius to find those hidden gems deep in the draft. We're going to talk late round game changers after this. Hey, this is Marquise Lee. This is Mike Evans. Hey, this is Blake Boros. This is Bishop Sankey. This is Brandon Cooks. This is Jordan Matthews. You should draft me on your fantasy team because I'm going to give him my all and I'm going to get you a lot of points. I'm going to make plays because I'll give you the best I got every single week. I'm a monster. I'm going to get the job done. You're going to get a guy that makes plays on a consistent basis and it's going to help the team win. Coming up. 
Who do you trust, the rising star or the seasoned vet, T.Y. Hilton or Reggie Wayne? We debate who will be the go-to guy for Andrew Luck and the Colts. Plus, we're talking that dreaded B-word every fantasy owner hates to hear. We'll tell you who you can trust and who's going to bust in 2014. And do you really need to take a running back in the first round, or can you take a chance on one of those tempting top three QBs? We answer these burning questions and much more as NFL Fantasy Live continues. Time now for some game changers. That's presented by Bose this season, or if you're French, Bose. We are looking uh, for your help to decide which performances made the biggest impact. For your fantasy teams each week, tweet us using the hashtag Game Changers. And you may see your tweet featured on an episode of NFL Fantasy Live. Today we're going to dig through the late rounds to pick out some diamonds in the rough. Fabs, we're going to start with you and let's go, uh, how about 10th round? Tenth round? Tenth round. How about Tony Romo? A guy who has finished in the top ten in fantasy points among quarterbacks in each of the last three years for the last five. And the only year he didn't finish in the top ten was because he missed a bunch of games due to injury. The Cowboys defense is going to be awful. They're going to throw the ball a ton. Scott Linehan likes to throw the football. Look at Matt Stafford's pass attempt numbers in the last three years in Detroit. Romo as a tenth round pick. That means you could potentially get him as a QB2. Guys, that is like stealing. Put on a mask. No concern about Brandon Whedon taking that job, huh? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Marcus to the 11th round. I am going with Darren Sproles in the 11th round. This is a guy who in the last five seasons, he has more touchdown receptions than any other running back. He has more receiving yards than any other running back in that span. And I think people are a little bit worried because they see that RB next to his name and they worry about LaShawn McCoy. But look. Those two guys are going to line up on the field together a lot this season. And I think it turns out that Darren Sproles plays more of a Deshaun Jackson role than a backup running back role. He will have production. You get him in the 11th round, you are doing quite well, my friend. All right, let's keep it going. Akbar, why don't you take the 12th round? Well, I'm going to go with Golden Tate. You think about Golden Tate. He's coming from a run-dominant offense with the Seattle Seahawks where he still was the most uh, passed towards a wide receiver for the Seahawks. And so when you look at that and think about bringing that production to a pass-happy offense, I believe that he can be that number two guy that they've been looking for. When you know that Calvin Johnson is going to get special attention, what is that number two guy going to get when they're getting double coverage on Calvin Johnson? Golden Tate knows how to perform. I'll, uh, I'll take the 13th round because you guys are weird and superstitious and didn't want the number 13. And Quan Bolden, this, you want to talk about a wide receiver that's getting overlooked. He had eight or more targets in over half his games last year, seven in two more. You know, Anquan Bolden had 20-point-plus performances in four games last year. Anquan Bolden, and you're getting him in the 13th round. You know what this is, guys? This is ageism. People are going after Quan because he's old, but he can still play. He's big. He can post up those small corners. Double coverage don't apply to him because they're going to be paying attention to Michael Crabtree. So I'm all about Anquan Bolden in the 13th round. How about an Akbar? For me, 14th you round or later, Danny Amendola. I went out and took Danny Amendola late, and I have a lot of confidence in him. When you think about the fact that after missing four games last year, he still was the second most targeted wide receiver for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, there's that thing that you just know that Danny Amendola, you go back to like 2010 when he had that electric year when he played all 16 games you see that and you know that he can produce that for the Patriots so it's not a bad risk you go from being nervous to being optimistic that yeah he can do it when you pick him in the late round. Amendola actually played all 16 games one year? Yeah, one year. <laughs> I don't remember that. one year. I think I drafted him in like the sixth round or something like that last year. All right, that was Game Changers presented by Bose. Uh, how about the 15th round? Just talking about the, the late rounds and whether or not you take your kicker 
or your defense, or maybe you go around earlier for your kicker in your defense, jump everybody for the guy you want, and then take somebody like Amendola in the 15th round. Well, if you're in a standard league on NFL.com, 15 rounds, I would go Steven Gostkowski, say, in the 13th round, but that's the only kicker I would take. I wouldn't take a defense either. Defense or kicker, best available in the last two rounds. That's where I'm going. Yeah, I'm going with a high-end defense. I, I like the Kansas City Chiefs, and yeah. so that's why I went with the Kansas City Chiefs. I guess, you know, I, I was faced with this in our in our NFL Fantasy Live draft because I really wanted the Broncos, and I said, well, if, if I take them, if I go 13-14, I'm going to get the Broncos. And I don't really care about the kicker. You know, we have 10 teams in our league. You're going to get one of the top 10. That's fine for me. But, you know, so I took Donald Brown in the 13th, and I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, I probably could have got Donald Brown in the 15th. I would have got the defense I wanted, first of all. So something to, to certainly figure out in your draft if you have a specific defense that you want. Didn't work out for me. Maybe it can work out for you. All right, when we return, uh, giddy up, fantasy fans, because we're heading to Colt Country. Can Andrew Luck be a top three QB? And who's going to be his favorite target this season? I don't know why I put on that accent for a Colt. We cover all things Colts when NFL Fantasy Live Returns. You sound like Elliot Harris. Yeehaw! Patterson. I'm Antonio Brown. I'm Deshaun Jackson. You should have drafted me on your fantasy team because, you know, I score a lot of points every, every week. So, I'm going to get most points every week. Y'all seen what I did the last six games of the season. I blew up. I said something. And even when I don't get you good points, I'm going to come back to the next. The week after, and get you some more points. <laughs> Luck drops to throw. Touchdown! Bradshaw, touchdown. Trent Richardson, touchdown. Touchdown, T.Y. Hilton. Catches made by Fleener, touchdown. Richardson, touchdown. Put away by Robert Mathis. Touchdown. We are wrapping up today's Fantasy Two-A-Days in Indianapolis. You saw the man there, the most exciting young quarterback in all of football, Andrew Luck. He set Stanford and the college football world on fire and has done the same in Indianapolis. You get a look here at Andrew Luck's fantasy points. Uh, just four games where he had fewer than 10. The bulk of them right there in that 10 to the 19 range. A couple outliers Solid. there, 30 plus. And I'd say a pretty healthy collection Solid. of 20 to 29. So is Andrew Luck a top three fantasy QB? No, no. Yeah. I think when you look at it, there's several factors to consider why he's not a, a top Peyton three. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And then, the but then you think about the fact, too, that his offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, is committed to the run, and then he, he's not going to air it out like those guys. I mean, so that's just going to be there. And if you look at the past three years, he's not been a top – excuse me, he's not been in the league that long, but when you talk about the top three – there are certain names that pop up. I believe he'll have to fight with Stanford or Stafford and Stanford. Cam Newton. I, I like Luck. I think if there's one quarterback who can break into that top three, it is Luck. And I also think the Colts are going to throw the ball more often this year because that running game doesn't look good, and the offensive line's got issues, big-time issues. So they're going to put Andrew Luck line. back in the shotgun, let him throw to Keem Nix, let him throw to Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton and his two tight ends. I think he's going to have a career high in passing yards this year. He'll throw more touchdown passes, and he's so intelligent, he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, they do play the AFC North, uh, so you think about those physical defenses that stop the run. You're going to have to throw but it against don't them. don't stop the pass. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it sets up nicely for him. But, you know, you saw that there, Rank and, and Fabs. The fact that there isn't a lot of 
big, explosive games. You know, those Drew Brees, 35-pointers, Peyton Manning, 40-pointers. That's who he is. It's that bothers me, is. though. That does bother me. As somebody for, you know, a quarterback, you want those huge games. You want to walk into those games and feel like, I can get 25 to 30 points from my quarterback. You don't get that from Andrew. Like, it's like going to, like, Subway, where it's like, it'll be fine. It's not going <laughs> to not it's not gonna go one. It's not going to go one way or the other. It's like, eh, it'll be good. Like, I'm not not gonna, that's that's why he's going to have to fight that, nice that top three. What's up if I want to walk into a deli and have the best sandwich ever? We're talking about sandwich. Okay, would you please let us go <laughs> with this? Keep it? <laughs> All right, here we go. Which Colts receiver is going to have the best season in 2014? Well, I'm going to go with Reggie Wayne. Uh, I'm not even going to shy away from Reggie Wayne. I think it's going to be Reggie Wayne. Yes, T.Y. Hilton's really going to have his chance to get off, especially at that slot receiver position. But think about the fact that, you know, he's coming off of surgery here, and you might be concerned because of his age. But think about what Jerry Rice did. Jerry Rice came off his ACL at 35, came back at 36, had 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. I see Reggie Wayne being able to do the same exact thing. And then over the course of his career, his first 13 years, I mean, he's had uh, I mean, an amazing career. Certainly. Not Jerry Rice-esque, but very close. And I, I like Reggie Wayne to come back and be very How about it, Fabs? You concur? No, it's T.Y. Hilton. I always go with upside. And Reggie Wayne is one of the best wide receivers in fantasy football during his salad days. He's 36 years old. They don't put up big numbers at that age at the wide receiver position. I believe only three have gone for 1,000-plus yards after age 36. I like Hilton. He's got major upside. He's got a great rapport with Andrew Luck. He can stretch defenses. He's great in the vertical passing game. He's my guy. I feel like so. I've disagreed with Fabs all day, so I'm not going to weigh in. How about it, Disagree Rick? I'm going to let you. I, I like Wayne. I like well, the bet. Well, salad days. Salad you know, days, Also baby. available at Subway. So <laughs> That's all you have to offer. Is that a <laughs> salad, 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 salad day uh, sub? What about Hakeem Nicks? We're going to ignore that guy? Yes. We like yes. guys who score My son subs. works? I'm guessing uh, I, I would, uh, if, if I can make a bold proclamation, Akeem Nix is going to get claimed off the waiver wire early. You watch. He's going to have – he's, he's a talented dude. Andrew Luck does not care what the name on the back of the jersey is. He's that kind of quarterback. Tom Brady asks, if you're open, he'll deliver it. Akeem Nix is going to have a big game here in the first, I'll say, three weeks, and he's going to be a first yeah, waiver wire then you watch. you're going to drop him two weeks yeah. later. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's working with a better quarterback. What year. round are you drafting Trent Richardson? It's blank round. <laughs> he's staring me in the face, and I select I actually him. have him in a couple of leagues. The earliest was round eight. And he was a four. I, I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't mess with him till about uh, the tenth round. Well, I, was, tenth I mentioned round. him earlier in the show. I took him in my league of record in the first round, and it just did not work out for yep. me, which is putting it mildly. So when I see him there in the ninth, tenth round, I still avoid him. I'd rather go some other direction. Even rather, though he's going to get a shot to start. Not even. That's, I right. can't do if it. If you could get him as an RB four, do it. Do yeah. it. Do it. Yeah. All right. I won't. I won't touch him. You're not going to do it. <laughs> no. You know you, money. Yeah. You and I. Today. I know it's just been We're that just kind of day, Babs. It's just been that kind of day to see all of our fantasy two a days, including today's previews for the Texans and Jaguars. Be sure to visit NFL.com/fantasy. I can feel you staring at me. Uh, team previews. Uh, so there we go. NFL.com/fantasy team previews, or get NFL now today at NFL.com/now. NFL Fantasy Live back right after this. Sorry. NFL your way across all your devices. Sign up now at NFL.com slash now. I got married, had a daughter, and then I had a son. And I named my son after my favorite football player, Daniel Constantine Marino. I feel like I'm dreaming. Whether you're a player, a fan, a team, or a town, we want to hear your story. 
you could win the ultimate trip to the Super Bowl at TogetherWeMakeFootball.com. All right, lots of fantasy drafts this weekend, so time to answer. You saw the flame burning questions entering the Labor Day. Can we get some flaming graphics just to make sure people know that the questions Listen, the questions are literally burning. Literally, literally on not, fire. Not figuratively, literally right, burning. It's the, it's the end of the show. We're a little punch drunk. It's uh, time to talk a little strategy. Hopefully oh, somebody's boy. got a fire extinguisher around here to put out these burning questions. What round? Let's go. <laughs> what round should you draft a quarterback? You don't get to talk yet. <laughs> what round? What round should you draft a quarterback? Who wants to go? You heard you know, me earlier. I said second round for the holy triumvirate of the top quarterbacks. Yep. yep. That's why. Yeah. Going. And if you can't get one of those guys, then that's when you implement the Michael Fabiano. You go in around the fifth, sixth round to try to get Fabiano. Try tenth, eleventh over here. Okay. Then that's the Akbar. I'm more about the you know maybe the fifth or sixth round that you can get a, a good quality guy like an Andrew Luck, Matt Stafford, or something yeah. like that. I'm I'm ter- perfectly happy like that. I like to take Drew Brees in the second round. Go yeah, ahead. you do. <laughs> I have a linear quarterback strategy. I was going to take him in our league, too. If I didn't have Jimmy Graham, I was yeah. going to. And then, you know, I said, money likes having him so much. I'm going to let money. No, no, that's very nice of you. How magnanimous of you. Thank you, champ. Go ahead, Fabs. Eighth round at the earliest. Eighth round at the earliest. And if we're in a 10. Why? I don't know. I just felt like it's too I, late. I got, Nick, <laughs> I, got, I got Nick Foles, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Yeah. Really? Those guys aren't any good? Babs was, uh, was walking around the uh, the studio here, which is with his chest out. <laughs> about getting Russell Wilson in the 10th round. I actually got him in the 11th yeah, round. See what I, exactly. Exactly. All right. Do you still need to draft a running back in the first round, guys? No. 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 Those days are over. I mean, when you look at the, the fact that the running back situation has changed in the NFL, the only it's running back that I would look at now in the first round is what I'm calling the millennium backs. Guys who have the ability to catch out of the backfield, very versatile in Why the passing game. Why do you call them the millennium backs? Millennium backs, because they're just, it's just a name I came up with. Like they the came up, they're not, they're, they're not the 90s back where you saw the old school guys who were yeah, just pounding They're not 14 ground. years old. They're not millennium babies. <laughs> but you know what I mean. These are the new, the, this is the new age playing. running backs that, that are more versatile. So those are the guys that are worth yeah. taking in the first round. Well, I think the, 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 the players that you just saw, the Monte Balls, the DeMarco Murrays, I do not want them in the first round. No, I, I want elite players with See, my first round. See, to me, pick. they're late first rounders, early second rounders. So the first six picks, to me, all running backs. Then you've got Jimmy Graham and Calvin Johnson in some order. And then you're going back to the running backs as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's get a little more specific. Who has the biggest bust potential this season of all the players out there? Uh, you know, And obviously we're talking about players you're probably going to draft pretty elite high. Players. Well, well yeah. you were talking about that four, five, six, seven spot right there. I would say it's Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, you know, it's been echoed that he's, you know, close to retirement. His body's worn down. I mean, he has put in a lot of mileage, and he's run them all hard. He, he plays the game how he lives, and that's hard and fast. And so when I look at that, I had that situation in our expert league, and I was stuck. Do I get Marshawn Lynch or do I go with a, another direction? I went with Calvin Johnson instead of getting what I consider a, a 90s back, which is Marshawn Lynch. He just, I mean, look at look no, how physical he is. They just gave him the right? $6 million bucks, though. So, I mean, they upped his salary, just, so they're, they're going to ride him one more year. He's going to hit that wall. Okay. He had 400 touches last year. Yeah. And remember Ray Rice two years ago hit that wall, too. It's a lot of touches. How about it, Fabs? Arian Foster, because where's he been? We haven't seen him. He's done nothing. He's got the hammy. He's coming off the back surgery. And and before training camp, I thought he could have one more good season for fantasy owners. Mm -hmm. Now I'm worried about him. He's not a guy I want to take a chance on in the first round. Maybe someplace in the second or third round, I'll pull the the trigger on Arian Foster. But right now... Do we even know what his status is for week one? Are we are we set and know that he's going to be in the backfield 
for that team in week one. I know his status is do not draft on my list uh, going into these fantasy drafts. How about it, Marcus? I'm going Nick Foles just because he is such a question mark in terms of can he do it again. I, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. I see a guy have a big year, and my, my first response is, all right, do it again. And part of what made Foles so great last year was that he protected the football. Two interceptions over the course of the season is, is insane, and I don't expect that to happen again. He could be phenomenal this year. He could completely implode, and that's enough of a question mark to make me stay away from it. I was simpatico with him. You're simpatico? But then Mark Sanchez happened. Just because the Rams are on the screen does not mean you have to try to dump all over my pick, Zach Stacy. all right? Here's the problem with Zach Stacy: Volume. That's what you got last year. It wasn't that he was a wildly productive back. It's that he touched the ball a whole lot of times because Jeff Fisher didn't have the Isaiah Pete he wanted, didn't get the Daryl Richardson he wanted. So Zach Stacy was really kind of his last stop to try to figure something out. He averaged less than four yards per carry. He doesn't have explosive breakaway speed. And when you have a Sean Hill that's not going to push the ball downfield, you're going to talk about bringing that safety up into the box. And Zach Stacy, who averaged 3.9 yards per carry last year, is going to have to do it. Rah! Burning question. Burning question marks. Look at that punctuation mark on fire. I expect to see Will Forte come out. It's like a Saturday Night Live. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, how about this? For the draft, a lot of people, uh, you know, they make it a destination. They meet somewhere. What, what do people need to bring to the draft? What's the most important thing? And we're not talking maybe beer and chips or anything like that, but what should they bring to the draft? Knowledge. Knowledge. You, you've well, got to power. bring some knowledge. You've got to know what your scoring system is. You've got to know what players you want to target in the first few rounds. Do you want to go with a strategy of no quarterbacks until late, running backs and wide receivers early? Those are the things you need to bring. You need to come with a strategy, bring a plan, and bring knowledge. I know you, you think I'm kidding. I'm not, though. I, I really believe you bring a snarky attitude, and you, right. and you plant seeds of doubt. <laughs> those, those, identify those guys that are kind of passive in your draft and just go after them. Critique every pick, insult them, <laughs> criticize them, right. get in their head. It works, I am telling you. You guys know I'm the biggest jerk on this show, and I'm whoa, telling whoa, you, whoa. being a <laughs> jerk you. pays off. You can, just, you can get people to second-guess every one of their picks, and it really starts you messing can, you with can them. Get them to take a defense in the fifth round. If you that's what I'm saying. Enough, if you, you just really you pressure playing them, mind games, take, like what? Take that bad attitude to your so draft. You, 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 guys, out of you, you guys clearly aren't students of the game, okay? Because no, what I bring no, is pen and paper. That's all <laughs> that's you it. need that's to bring. That's all pen and paper. And as wow. the draft, yeah. even in an expert yeah. league, as the draft is going, all I did was write down the names. And you start from the pen to my brain. I start to get a real good picture of what's going on. You, you follow where I'm going here? No. All I do is bring pen and paper and I write down all that's the names. That's not a millennial way of thinking. No, no, you should have it on an iPad or something. You need to write your letters. You don't send the emails. You bring I bring my typewriter. Right, Here's my typewriter. I'm typing out the names. If you are one of the young and speaking of Akbar, who uh, enjoys having a cellular phone by your side during the draft checkout, you can bring this, the official NFL Fantasy Cheat Sheet app, available in the App Store. Find out more at NFL.com slash mobile slash cheat sheet. Cheat sheet, yes. Not that easy for you. I do. I think yeah. I got it. Yeah. So pen, pen and paper. And a paper. Wait, wait, now, wait, is it a fountain pen? Animation? Like, is it a quill with a, with <laughs> it's a, a quill? quill? No, it's just a <laughs> big pen, to be honest with you. All I can afford is a big pen. Monday, NFL Fantasy Live returns to NFL Network, but check us out Monday. You want to check us out Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern. NFL Network, Sundays, 11.30 a.m. Eastern on the NFL Red Zone channel. Happy drafting. Bring your pen. And paper. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.